Fabulous. Hey, I'm John Bolger with Premier Guitar. We're with Corey Wong from the podcast, Wong Notes. You all know about that. Also Grammy-nominated amazing guitar player. Thanks so much for having us here today. Thanks for being here. I love your work, and I love this new signature guitar. Yes, man. I do too. This is my Corey Wong signature Fender Stratocaster. It is, it maybe to, it looks a lot to some people like my Highway 1, but it's actually very different. The only thing that's similar is just the nitro finish with the trans blue paint job. But otherwise, it's a lot more modern in its features. It's actually a little bit more like the American Ultra, but with some other added things to me that feel like features. The neck shape is like a modern D, like the Ultra. Yeah. Medium jumbo frets, rosewood fingerboard, different headstock shape and body shape, just a tiny bit different. So if you took kind of your average Strat, because every Stratocaster is a little bit different, this one, the body size is maybe a couple percent smaller than the average Stratocaster, oh, wow. and the headstock is a couple percent bigger. And the reasoning is, there's some, with the way that I play guitar being such a, a rhythmic driving sort of that right. sort of thing, the transient cuts, it, there's just a little sharper transient. It's just a little faster of a transient with the smaller body. And I thought I was nuts for asking for that. I thought I was nuts. Like all the smaller guitars like this that I played, I just feel that until I talked to Niall Rogers about it. And Niall is the same way. Niall said that this is exactly what he wanted. So I figured, okay, really? there's something to it. I'm so, not the only one who wants the kind of thinner, smaller body. I wonder if his, if, if his, you know, that white strap. The Hitmaker is, is, it's just a tiny bit bigger than this, only huh. in certain dimensions. But he and I compared and ours are both a lot, well, a lot smaller to me than the average yeah. Strat. Now, if you were to take a look at, like here's an American Ultra Strat that Sonny plays on this tour, they're not that much different. You know, but it's it's the just a tiny bit. Well, great, well, he's, great strap. He's left-handed, <laughs> but he plays right-handed guitars. So I just gaffed a uh, yeah, I gaffed a strap on there for him on the other side. But yeah, the body's a tiny bit smaller to me. That gets a little bit of a faster transient attack, mm. and then the a tiny bit of a bigger headstock helps for me with the sustain. Mm. So I kind of get the best of both worlds. A little more sustain and the notes sing a little bit louder with this and the transients attack a little faster with this change. And then 22 frets, that's something that I like. Sure. Which has also saved me a lot of money from buying vintage guitars because yeah. vintage strats are only 21. Right. <laughs> and I have the contoured heel, a little easier access. And it's actually also, not only is it contoured, I had it kind of pushed in a little bit. Yeah, it looks so it like it's the hand beveled. Yeah. It starts kind of early. Yeah, yeah. It so it's cool. It fits a little bit nicer in the hand and it plays a lot faster. Okay. So what is the body material? It's alder. Okay. I tried a couple different ones after, well, in the prototype process. They sent me a few different bodies mm -hmm. and I decided that alder was the one that I liked the feel of, yeah. liked the weight of the best. And really that prototyping process was fun because we started by sketching out the ideas. Here's what I have in mind. Here's what I think I want. Yeah. Here's what I'm not sure that I want. So we came up with some sketches, made some 3D renders of, of the guitars that I, the, the ideas that I wanted to explore. And then we 
they made three or four pro or well, they made two different like here's the two forks in the road we could go yeah and they're kind of similar to be honest sure and then i said oh this i like yeah. this thing and then we changed a couple little things about it did, did you know immediately upon picking it up, or did you take Oddly one enough, of yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the first two that they sent, I knew right away, this is the one I like the feel of, but I like this color. Yeah, okay. So it, it was like this this prototype A was the one, it was the guitar, but prototype B, I liked that finish and that color. Right. Because there was one with a little bit more of a satin, almost more matte finish yeah. to it, and I like the nitro. It's got a little bit of shine, but it's translucent and it's it the oil after playing on it for months and years it's going to kind of wear it away sure. in an interesting and cool way yeah it kind of naturally gets the the authentic relic of the person playing sure. it you know yeah. and i didn't want to do a, a copy of my stratocaster that i had since a teenager since i was a teenager obviously because i just have well maybe not obviously at the time, when I was a teenager, I could just, that was the only American Strat I could afford, was sure. the Highway 1. Yeah. It's a great guitar. Great guitar. But there, I wanted, for my signature guitar, to have something that I really wanted, all the specs. So, right, because yeah. what's the point in having a signature yeah, exactly. if it's just... <laughs> yeah. So we did a couple prototypes, went down one road, and then made a couple little changes to the way that the neck feels, the, the way that this contoured heel and beveled God, heel that's is. a great idea yeah so that, it fits really nice it also even cut down a little bit more it was kind of part of the design with cutting down the size of the body a little bit and it really just ended up feeling exactly the way that i wanted it to feel sounds exactly the way that i wanted it to sound i developed some oh go ahead oh well that yeah that that segues into i know you did something interesting with the with the controls yes so the pickups are ones that I designed with Seymour Duncan. They are the Seymour Duncan Clean Machine pickups. And they're kind of based off of their antiquity surf pickups, which are really great pickups for playing clean guitar. Sure. But in the band Corey Wong, I play a lot more lead stuff and I use overdrive and that sort of thing. In Wolfpack, I pretty much just play clean. But in a lot of other settings and in session settings, I use overdrive and a lot of other effects the antiquity surfs got a little bit too wooly in the top end for me for lack of better terms yeah. and i wanted to develop a pickup that was wound a little bit hotter it actually is an alnico 4 magnet and it's a kind of a mini stacked humbucker in the bridge to compensate so it's a little bit thicker than the sure. average stratocaster bridge pickup but i like the look of three single coils oh yeah so absolutely so it's all three single coil size and then so yeah, they're wound a little hotter. They're Alnico 4 magnets. And then one of the things with me and the way that I play, I play so rhythmic and my, my stroke is, has a specific thing to it. So one of the things that I was doing a lot of times is I like to play in fourth position. So what ends up happening sometimes when I'm playing is this. Sure. I'll hit it. So. Yeah. What I wanted to put in is a fourth position panic button. So it's a push-push knob where it basically, if it's out, no matter where I'm at, it stays in fourth position. That's a great idea. So I can be strumming away and it doesn't matter where this is. If this thing is out, 
it's always in fourth position. I can push it back in and it's wherever the pickup selector wants. So it's really a, it's kind of a cute, fun little thing to have that makes it a little more signature, but it's also very functional yeah, for what I do. Totally pragmatic. Yeah. I, I think about um, like Mark Knopfler back in the day, his old Strat had a, a three-way like they did. Yeah. And he had tape, he had taped it back there. Yeah. So that it could not go to that bridge. That's what I do with bridge. my Highway <laughs> 1. Yeah. yeah, I put a little gaff tape there. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I use, there's this new product called a switch lock or something. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. you, like you can put it on there and you can kind of twist it over and it'll keep it, it'll keep it locked in one of the positions that you're in. But so what's better than that, have Fender design. Yeah, exactly. And it's this idea yeah. that I've had for a while. And yeah, it basically is just wired. So I press it in, it's always in fourth position. God, that's great. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, very smart. And uh, so are all three of the pickups stacked like that? No, just the bridge pickup. These are true single coils. Oh. But you've no, it sounds like, like minimal, no 60 cycle hops. Yeah, yeah, and that's, I mean, a lot of what I play, yeah, but the tiniest amount yeah. here. But yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, we, yeah. I wanted to shield it really well. So right. between Fender and Seymour Duncan, we found a way to shield it in a way that makes it really clean, that feels really great for a studio and live, it's just an incredible guitar. Because it's so clean, when I want it to be clean, it handles pedals and overdrive really well. And when I'm not playing, it's not like you have to put a big gate on it or something. Yeah, yeah. right, right. And what's also very cool, when we showed up, there's two cases of <laughs> uh, here. Yes. And apparently, these are, these are just production models that are going out. Yes. That you're, <laughs> that you're doing your, uh, you're doing. Uh, My quality control. Quality control. Yeah. So every Corey Wong Stratocaster that comes across my desk, I like to play it to make sure I get a little QC in. And I just, you know, I check them out and make sure that they feel right, that they're set up right, make sure that the frets feel good, make sure that it looks good, that the pickups are set in the way that I like them. Yeah. Because I want people, if they're buying my signature guitar, I want them to be able to feel like they can pick it up and just have the exact same thing that I have when yeah. I pick up my guitar, which is it. So. Sometimes, I, I mean, I'm not super precious about any of the individual Corey Wong Stratocasters because the ones that I play, the one that I play, is no different. Than, it's literally just a production model. You could go into any any yes. Fender dealer and pick up that guitar, and it's gonna and play a gig. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like I went to Sweetwater and was hanging out and playing, and I just pulled one off the wall <laughs> and I played it that night. It's like, uh, feels like home. Yeah, and I was actually kind of like, oh. I like this one. Do you think maybe like I could? I was like, no, 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 I can't do that. Cause you know, every once in a while you just have that guitar that's on yeah. the right part. It's built from the right part of the tree. Right. You right. know, no matter what, it's sometimes there's these minute differences that you would only feel if you're psychotic, which I sometimes <laughs> am about my own guitar. Right? Yeah, and, right. But the thing is fun. It's like, I don't know if somebody wanted this guitar. Sure. Have this guitar. I'll, I'll play this one or whatever, yeah. you know, when it makes, it makes the whole, like, you're not wondering, what guitar do I play tonight? Yeah. You're going to play that guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's, it's a super fun thing. How many do you tour with? How many um, are, you, are you playing on an average? Tonight? I usually have three with me. One of them is in drop standard tuning down a whole step. I don't okay. want to say drop D tuning. It's drop standard. It's all the way down. All the way down. Okay. The whole thing is down a whole step. Yeah. And that is because... Some of the tunes that we're playing on tour with Antoine Stanley, this, we switched the keys from the original recordings, but a lot of the songs have some... Yeah. 
specific guitaristic voicings sure. that need the open strings. So I play that stuff down uh, with the guitar that's tuned down a whole step. And then the other's a backup. Just and the other's just case. a backup. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And honestly, the backup changes out. So I bring some of my guitars on the road to sell at the merch booth. Oh. And that third guitar is one that I'll just kind of play it. It's like, all right, uh, we'll sell that one. Or, yeah. you know, and then sure. the next time I'll just play another one. Just because it's nice. I like to play the different ones. Like yeah. I'm saying, I really do want to make sure that the guitars that are going out straight out of the factory, just the ones that you pick up at the Fender dealer, are ones that I would want to play, and I live by that in and what I'm how doing. how cool that a fan can come to a show and, I'm going to buy that guitar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Walk away then. That's great. What strings do you use on this? I use the Ernie Ball Paradigms, 10s. 10s, okay. Yep. I've been, I've been experimenting with the one that I drop tuned to put 11s on it, Yeah. just because there's the sure. less tension. So I'm putting 11s on that right now. Does it feel comparable? It's, yeah, now it, it feels a little more like standard tuning, yeah. similar tension. But I do, the, 11s just have a certain thing to them. Right. So whenever I, even if I tune a guitar down a half step, I like 11s on that. Yeah. I've done that on occasion, different tours. And I have a couple guitars at home. Well, I have one Strat at home that's set up with 11s, tuned to E flat. But really, I like Paradigm 10s or I mean, I've been actually experimenting a little bit lately. I actually didn't know that the M steel Ernie Ball strings existed. And then I yeah. went to the Ernie Ball factory and they're like, check these strings out. I was like, what are these? And I did a blind <laughs> string taste test. It was like, these are the best sounding strings. I love these. They're like, it's the M steel. I was like, what? How did I not know that these existed? And those are great too. So I've been yeah. kind of switching between the M steel and the paradigm. Really the only difference the only reason why I'm switching off is my fingers are so used to the feel of the paradigms and just like the natural slinkies. Yeah. I like the sound of the M steels 5% better, but my fingers are just, they're like, hey, what's this feel? There's just like a tactile difference. Sure. So I think if I get used to the, the feel of those strings, that's probably what I'm going to start using more. But Now, the question I'm really wondering about is your pick. Because you have such a yeah such a such a unique you know approach to it all yeah and I'm I mean and I've watched your videos I'm trying to copy <laughs> can't get it wonder <laughs> maybe it's the pick okay what so, are you doing what are you so spill it right now yeah <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing until I sat down with Troy Grady Troy Grady has this website called Cracking the Code where he dissects these people's technique. Yeah. Incredible guitar player. I got hip because I was trying to figure out what Molly Tuttle was doing on this flat picking stuff. Right. And I was like, what She's is amazing. going on there? So Troy has this series on his on his website that showed that technique slowed down. It's like, oh, this is why I can't do that or sound like that is because of my pick angle. And so much of my sound and so much of my thing is actually not necessarily what pick I use, but it's my pick angle and how I hit the strings. Now, that being said, the picks that, I'll answer the question because everybody's wondering. It's a Dava pick. The Dava medium. I, am not I, I, don't, Dava. I don't remember what they're made out of. Delrin, Delvin. Hmm. It's not on the periodic table of elements, so I, don't, I, don't, I didn't have to memorize it in college. But whatever that yeah. material is, that's what they're made out of. And the reason why I like it is because it actually is 
the plastic or the Delrin or Delvin, whatever it is, I don't know. The, the tip material is kind of like a heavy gauge, but because it's a little bit of a rubber grippy tip, it flexes like a medium pick. Oh, because you, I mean, you hit hard, man. I mean, it looks, yeah. it looks like you are hitting but hard. But the thing is, I have a weird, most people, the proper technique would be to hold it like this, and most people pick with a, a downward escape motion. This is what I learned from Troy Grady. It's, you know, I don't know if he invented the terms or whatever, but it's a great way of learning because a lot of players that pick, they'll pick down and that's where the pick comes away from the string yeah. and then they come back in this way. I'm the opposite where I pick down through the string like and George back Benson up. Thing. It's the Benson, yeah. Matheny sort yeah. of thing. And even though those are two of my heroes, this is completely by coincidence huh. that I pick this way. Well, and, and most guys that pick that way have the guitar high. Yeah. Yours is relatively low for that approach. Yeah. So I pick, I almost hold the pick sideways <coughs> as far as, like, most people would be picking here. I pick kind of like sideways and I pick down through the string and I kind of pull back yeah. up. So sometimes I get, like, the yeah. same way you get, it'd be. So I have a little more snap to my upstrokes because I'm, yeah. I'm actually pulling rather than, yeah. And the compressor's catching it a little bit, but that's kind of part of the sound as well. So really, a lot of it is my pick angle, pick attack, and then so if I'm going, you know, a lot of that is just in the aggressiveness of all the downstrokes and then that. And then sometimes I'll do this thing where I pick and I hit the strings, and then I pull up, so. So it's actually really utilizing the percussiveness of hitting the strings. Right, I love that you get effects without using effects. Yeah. <laughs> I mean? Yeah, it's weird, because yeah. it. You know, I, there's this extra stuff that just happens if you hit the strings. Yeah. And I actually didn't realize that I was doing it until I was on tour a few years ago. And a friend who was out on the road with me, who's also a great guitar player, Emily Browning, she was watching side stage one day. She's like, what are you doing on that song? Like, <laughs> I'm watching you. I hear three notes, but I'm only seeing you pick two. It's like, what do you mean? No, I'm picking all of them. She's like, no, 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 play it for me, play it for me. I, I swear you're not picking the notes. And I realized I was, I wasn't thinking about it at all. It was just, my hand was just hitting the strings and I didn't realize that it was like this kind of oh. technique that I yeah. stumbled upon. I How didn't even cool. know that I was doing it. Like, like just an organic style yeah. you developed. Totally. Through whatever, yeah. doing it. Too cool, man. Okay, well. Okay, that was the big question I had. Yeah. Now let's talk about amps and pedals and all, yeah. that, all that stuff. Yes. Let's start right over here. You're running a true stereo rig, yes. right? Yes. On this tour, I have a bunch of different amp rigs. Yeah, because I know you're like a super guy. I mean, like the yeah, Fender Supers so for forever. I, for a while, was using two super reverbs. That had to be loud, right? Well, I run them really, I run them on two and a half. Okay. The thing is, the Super Reverb started not being clean enough for me. Yeah. Because what ends up happening is the tubes warm up, Sure. the tubes get older, or even the older amps, the thing that everybody else wants, the amps breaking up faster, right. 
that's the thing I'm always trying to avoid. So I kept turning the amps down right. to compensate, and then it just wasn't quite giving me what I needed out of them. So I've dabbled in the, the Fender Twin world. They sound amazing. They're great. They are very loud, and yeah. they're, they can be amazing, clean, loud. So I've done two Supers. I've done two Twins, two Deluxes. I'm less excited about for whatever reason than the yeah. two twins. I like the JC120 a lot. <laughs> it's got a really fast transient. Yeah. I love the clean tone of a JC120. But my personal preference, I don't love when I hit the gas. I don't like the way the top end responds with overdrive and kind of the Klon and 808 style yeah. um, overdrives. I don't, I don't love it with with the JC120. If I'm just doing clean tones, JC120 is great. I've dabbled with some Supro amps that I really like. Most of them are a little heavier than I want them to be. Fine, just a personal preference thing. Yeah. I've dabbled in the Dumble world. I love how fast those are. Those are the fastest tube amps that I've played that I absolutely love. But there's a lot, there's a whole other factors going into that world yeah, and, oh. and that don't need yeah. to go into it. But what I've landed on for this tour is the DV Mark Eric Gale signature amp. Oh, wow, great. So it's the Eric Gale signature amp, a little bit of a modified EQ on it. It's kind of a custom tweak job. And I like it because it's 250 watts each. Oh, wow. And oh, it's a hybrid solid state tube. Huh. So there's a micro tube in there, which to me, I get all the wonderful cleanness of like a JC120, yeah. or uh, to me, actually a little more of the Fender style clean, um, maybe more of a twin style clean, but it has a smooth top end to it that I really like, and they're awesome. The thing is, the other thing that's really awesome is they're ex inexpensive amps, so really, it's, it's a very affordable amp that they make incredible stuff. I've, I actually started playing Mark Bass amps for bass uh, quite a while ago, and then started checking out some of their guitar amps. I'm friends with Eric Gales. He's like, come on, oh. man, you gotta check out my amp. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool, yeah, whatever. I, I play, like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and he's a Strat guy also, yeah, so totally. of course, it's voiced in a way that works really well for Strat because that's my main right. guitar. Yeah, and his, his, clean, his Strat clean thing is, yeah. I mean, that's, you can't beat it's, that It's Strat amazing. Yeah. He's, it's a religious experience every time I watch him play guitar. Yeah. I've, you know, some people are like, oh my gosh, I want to quit. I just think, oh my gosh, I want to listen to you forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, he's very inspiring to watch yeah. and, and listen to. It's, it's so deep. Yeah, and he's, his he's new, channeling something. His new album is fabulous. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So I'm running through also then two DV Mark cabs, nice lightweight cabs. And on the 112 cab, I'm running a Jensen 12-inch speaker. If I'm being honest, I don't remember exactly which one it is. It's just, I think I just looked up what is the highest output, cleanest Jensen 12-inch speaker, and I just ordered that. Okay. And then the EV12L speaker is what I have. I have two 12L speakers in the 212 cab, but I'm only using one of them in that cab. Okay. I actually wired that cab to, to be a stereo cabinet oh. so I could go left and right sure. in there. But 
I ended up liking the sound of the two different the bigger speakers. Box. Yeah, yeah I mean, the bigger box with one speaker, yeah. and then just the Jensen in another. It does a cool thing stereo, in the stereo imaging of having two different speakers, but the same amp, and it and different box. Like it just sometimes that creates a weird phase thing. Like the, it gets a little bit phasey, or it sounds. It can kind of create like a a weird sort of thing sure. depending on what the speakers and cabinets are but these ones play really nice with each other yeah this is dialed in and a true stereo rig yeah left and right out of the pedal board okay which perfect segue let's talk about these pedals. yes okay That's so a fairly modest pedal board yeah so how does your signal <laughs> go you're you're running a wireless yeah. unit into it okay so first off I wanted a pedal board that would fit in my suitcase. Right. <laughs> because yeah. I do so many fly dates. So I, I actually had Mason from Vertex Effects make me a custom size pedal board. We measured in my suitcase what, what's going to fit in my suitcase in yeah. one side. I have like an Away, the Away aluminum check bag size bag okay. or okay, whatever right. it is. Yeah. So we measured the inside cavity of that. I said, all right. This Perfect. is my limitations. <laughs> yeah. And then we actually made a smaller one for the bigger carry-on. So if I'm flying somewhere just so I have a smaller version of a pedal board yeah. too. It's so stupid. I should I shouldn't base it on like what suitcase no, I'm using at whatever that time. Is, that's 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 the most yeah. practical way to do it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm using a Sure Wireless DLX16 or ZX, I don't know what it is. Something 16. Yeah. Which I like a lot. I for a while was using the Line 6 wireless. That one was great. Also, I think this one, I like them equal. This one had a little more range to it. For a while in Wolfpack, I was doing, we were doing this bit where I would run out into the balcony across the venue and play part of the set. And those set. are big houses. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big yeah. run. So yeah, so sometimes my other one would cut out. It just didn't have quite the same range from yeah. whatever. So the Sure one has a little more range. And now when we're playing much larger shows, I have some sort of rack unit wireless that I can go two miles down the road and be fine. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I'll run out of steam before I can, before my guitar wireless will. So I'm going in the Sure wireless, which is awesome also because it has a mute tuner. God, yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, that's cool. And I go into my, the Hotone, no. I was for a while going into a Wah, sorry. I'm going from the Sure into the Wampler Ego compressor I have done the deep dive on every compressor that has existed in mankind in a stomp box format. Sure. And the well, Ego Compressor. It's such a huge part of that sound, though, man. Totally. You, you need it. Totally. The thing that I like about Wampler's compressor that I haven't been able to find in many others, I would say the Jackson Audio Bloom is the second closest. Well, you did go deep into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of compressors will compress the sound and kind of thin it out to compress it. Yeah. The Eagle compressor compresses, and the Bloom does this in a way too. I don't, maybe they're similar circuitry or whatever, but it, it kind of compresses the sound, but it beefs it up while it does that. Huh. So as it's compressing, it kind of like, it, it, it does this thing where it brings it forward sure. in a way that, you know, I don't know, whatever. But this also runs really well pop music it just kind of it smooths everything out yeah. some people use compression as a way to kind of cheat with their dynamics but yeah. to me it's actually a part of my sound and right. i think it just it really helps well 
and it, smooth things out. And standing right next to it, it doesn't sound particularly compressed. Sure. But there's that percussive nature that I don't yeah. think you can get without it. Totally. You know? Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. From there, I'm going into a Hotone Volume Wah. H-O. H-O-T-O-N-E. <laughs> yeah. Hot tone, ho tone, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I don't know. <laughs> Volume was so it's hot uh, one. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> it's oh, so I'm muted. Volume, but then yeah. it's also. God, that's great, and I love this. It, it, it gives you a visual clue with those lights on the side. Yeah. That's yeah, great. I like. I can't really see it under my foot, but I don't. Well, I just well, lost. Stand field. over here. It's yeah, perfect. yeah. I'm standing to the side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the horn yeah. players can see it exactly where my volume is at. Yeah, yeah. But I like it because it's now not two of these big foot size oh, sure. pedals on my board, yeah. and and I never use volume and wah at the same time. Right. Freaking great. Yeah. Exactly what I want. From there, I go into a the TC Electronic Sub. Sub and up? Yeah, the little one. Yeah, the it's mini. a little... I don't know if they make a bigger one. They, they do. I've got the bigger one. Okay. It's, it's... it's great. And it's just immediate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fast. Some of the octave things, there's a little bit of a delay. Yeah. And I'm such a transient stickler. It's like, oh, that's a 45 millisecond delay from when I'm hitting. Like... <laughs> 30 is the threshold. Like, if anything past 30, it's all, like, I'm done if it's past 30 milliseconds. I can feel it, you know? So this actually is one of the faster responding things. And I, and I like that I can use my full dry signal and it's additive. Yeah. That to me is what I like about, about an octave. Yeah, or season any to taste. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then this is a new pedal to me. The Rossi filter by GFI Systems. Let's hear that weirdo. I heard it's it on a, the way in. It was like, yeah, it's an yeah. envelope filter. So great. Go into a, sometimes if I go into a brighter pickup. It's just That's, a great, yeah, it's, it responds really well, and it's actually very tweakable. Now, okay, speaking of that, do you find the sweet setting and just leave it there, or do you, in the heat of battle, do you twist anything? Nope, and actually, I don't even use the full functionality of this pedal. I have, there's two settings that I can have. I can have, I can switch between filter A or filter B, and I just have them set to the exact same thing in yeah. case I accidentally sure. press the button. Right. I just on and off. Yeah. So they're the same. I could, I think you can add an expression pedal. So exp A is a wah and B is just an envelope filter, but yeah. uh, I already have the volume wah, so I'm set on that. So this is actually really great. I love the sound of this. I used to always use digital, like a H9 or a HX effects by line six. And I, I still actually really like the way those are, but this just has, you know, once, once you get to a certain place, it's like you're looking for that extra 2% of my own preference. Yeah, you know, like right. They're all awesome, and somebody else might like the H9. They might plug in all three of them right next to them, and everybody else might say the H9 is so much better. I'm like, yeah, but for what I'm doing right now, I like this. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's nice to have all those, 
Personal preference wise, I like this. Yeah, it sounds, sounds fabulous. Yeah. And then I'm going into this really interesting pedal. It's brand new to me, the Vespa by B-Tronics. Wow. It, uh, <laughs> it's Jack Stratton from Wolfpack is the one that got me hip to it, oh, which really? is so funny because he notoriously doesn't buy pedals. It's literally the only pedal he's ever bought. <laughs> he's like, hey, come over to my house, check out this new pedal I have. Yeah. Help me like see what it does. <laughs> It's like instant, instant St. Vincent tone. Oh, okay. It's like a super cool, I feel like for a while there, it was like St. Vincent and maybe Jack White cracked the code on a couple <laughs> tones. It was like, they're the only ones that could do it. And now Beatronics has this pedal and it can like do that thing amazingly. So it's got this. <laughs> It's amazing. Crazy. But, but what I like it for is, in my rhythmic thing, I set the gate of the fuzz to kind of cut me off to almost get like St. Vincent meets Morello, where it's like the... Just so, so aggressive rich. and industrial yeah. and it's like its own unique thing yeah. out of one pedal. Yeah. I played it once, I was like, all right, I'm gonna buy it. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks so cool. I've I've never played fuzz in my life, yeah. believe it or not. I just I totally believe I, it. I, yeah. I just didn't really know how to use it. But this one, it's not like most other fuzz pedals, because it has this kind of unique thing to it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. very cool. As far as the Dumble style overdrive, I like the ultraphonics by Vertex, or sometimes I'll use The Dude by J Rocket. Oh. Both really great. And actually, if I had more room, that would be The Dude is the other pedal. I love that pedal. But this is the Dumble style one that I use on this one. So it's got... Yeah, it's cool. It's a little more saturated, that sure. sort of thing. And my favorite overdrive of all, I might be a little Obviously. bit biased, is the Jackson Audio The Optimist pedal, which is one that I developed with them, which is a dual overdrive and EQ. So on the left side, overdrive one is like a Klon style circuit. And that's basically an overdrive with a little bit of a mid bump, right? Maybe, some, maybe a little more adjacent to the, the 808 but it's a Klon circuit, really. It's kind of that overdrive with a, a mid bump. And on the right side, the OD2 is a little more like a Timmy or maybe even a Zen drive-ish, where it's a little flatter EQ of an overdrive. And then if I press the two together, it turns on the EQ. Oh. And the, I was not hip to EQ as far as pedals until, actually it was a lot of pedal makers were just kind of preaching EQ to me. Yeah. Brad Jackson at Jackson Audio, Mason at Vertex, Brian Wampler, all these people like, you gotta just check out EQ and what it can do <laughs> on your pedal board. So what I use the EQ for is a little bit of a mid bump. So if I'm doing a little bit of like a... That's without it, and then I hit the mid bump.
it almost gives some of the EQ characteristics of a TS-808 sure. or a Klon, but not the drive characteristics. That's great. It's a three-in-one. Yeah. So the over OG, OD-1, the side that's a little more like the Klon. That's great. Then I go OD2. This is a little more of that flat. I set it a little bit brighter, maybe. It's less of the mid. Well, maybe it's a, uh, a natural thing from not being the mid bump when you hear it in comparison. But this one is more of the. Then the other thing is they play nice together because they're both kind of mid. I actually have them set a little more gain than I normally do right now. But when I have them together, Yeah, that's great, man. It's so Love fun. that pedal. Yeah, it's yeah. super versatile. It's the overdrive pedal that I've always wanted. One that really has two distinct voices yeah. of overdrive, but then together, it's got this, the ability to go as aggressive as you want. And it's relatively small and it's three in one. Yeah, yeah, no, and the EQ on it too. Because I mean, real estate is so expensive on a pedal board. Absolutely, like you don't especially give it when up. you're trying to fit it in your suitcase. <laughs> right, I know. Okay, well then the uh, final one, the final ingredient is the yep. Big Sky. The Big Sky. But you're, it's, it's funny because you use so little delay or verb. Yeah. It's always that, it seems like 85% of what you do is just that real tight, yeah. tight, no hiding behind any of that stuff. Exactly, but when I put on the verb, I want it to be super compelling. Yeah. And I need a reverb to be super compelling in order for me to want it on my pedal board, especially one that takes up so much freaking space. Oh no, yeah, that's that's the one. <laughs> it's like, come <laughs> on, Strymon, give yeah. me one that's half the size. All I want is literally these two settings. <laughs> well, I like the bloom and the, I mean, all the settings are great, but for what I use, basically there's this tune called Meditation where I use the cloud verb, kind of this sort of. That sort of thing, and it's just, oh, it's just, you kind of feel like you're, like being hugged by a cloud, yeah. you know, like your tone's got this thing around it. And then sometimes I'll use a little bit of a lighter version of the cloud reverb, where I'll go something a little more melodic, like the, uh, in E flat. 
feels like the note just needs a little extra. And then the bloom verb is also really fun to use. So it kind of makes everything, gives a different, this one I have the EQ set to be a little bit darker. So the bloom verb responds a little bit differently if I'm going. Like, I need a reverb to be that compelling to really make me feel like there's something special in order to turn it on. Yeah. Unfortunately, the one that I love, that I swear by, is very large. But that's okay, <laughs> because it's that good. So that's yeah. why I put it on I've tried the, the Blue Sky, their smaller version. Yeah. It doesn't quite have the same functionality, the same features. So for now, I'm using the Big Sky, and maybe Strymon will make one that's smaller and then I can fit the dude pedal on here. That's it. Strong, it's up to you. It's in your, <laughs> the ball's in your court. Well, Corey, thanks so much for joining us, man. Yeah, it was really a treat me. to hear it all. So um, we'll see you next time. Peace.